Hello everybody, what is going on? I am so excited about this. Um, it's currently midnight and I was, I've was i been wanting to start this podcast thing up for a while. And uh, I was kind of just like, why not just do it? You know, No Way Home just came out, there's so much to talk to there. We're a day pretty much before the Hawkeye finale, so there's so much to speculate about there. Why not just do it? I've been saying I'm going to do it forever. Let's just sit here and talk about it. So, welcome to the first episode of EbbaCast, as it is known right now, we're, we're going to play it by year here, okay? We're going to play it by year, but I just want to kind of have this to talk about everything week to week, what's going on, maybe talk to some friends, some fellow TikTokers, you know, whatever. We're going to play it by year, but I'm really excited about this, and this is not a planned thing at all. I'm just going to kind of ramble about No Way Home, some Hawkeye stuff, just stuff in general, so... Let's, let's just jump right into it. My review of No Way Home is very simple. 10 out of 10. I think it is perfect in every way. And I know that is a bold claim. I get it. A lot of people would never say that about any movie ever because every movie inherently has flaws. Sure, I'm not every person though. I'm, I'm very simple when it comes to movies. If I like the movie, I think it's a good movie. Very simple, and I absolutely loved No Way Home. It it quickly became my favorite movie of all time, and I don't I don't say that lightly. You know, Avengers Endgame was my previous favorite. Before that, it was Infinity War. So yeah, I guess you could say there's a theme there, but I never thought anything would overtake Endgame. And then I saw No Way Home, and oh my god! Now I just want to. Spoiler alert. I'm going to be talking about spoilers. I almost just said one, but I want to put that out there. Big fat spoiler alert. Do not listen any any further if you haven't seen No Way Home, because I'm about to give away a lot. Okay. I hope you're gone. I hope you're gone. If you're driving, I guess if you're driving, I'll give you another second, because you could be like, don't don't get into an accident, you know? Okay. I'm going to give you another second just so you don't crash. Okay. I think we're good now. The movie opens right where Far From Home left off, and... That Far From Home post-credit scene was a whole different breed of post-credit scene. I, I really think it was one of the best ever. It set up the next movie at the time we didn't know the name so perfectly. And the idea of a Peter Parker identity crisis story is just so perfect, not only for the character, but for the MCU as a whole. Because most other superheroes do actually have their public name known. There really aren't many that have a secret identity, even... Even Spider-Man barely had a secret identity up until that point. I mean, he was taking his mask off every chance he got. So to have that happen was really cool. And to sort of set Mysterio up as a possible good guy. Maybe, like, we see, we do we do see some people in No Way Home are Team Mysterio. And I did, at the time, I thought that was going to be the main plot of Spider-Man 3. I thought it was going to be Peter Parker on the run, trying to protect Ned, MJ, and Aunt May trying to clear his name with Matt Murdock involved, because, come on, who who wouldn't dream of having Matt Murdock involved? But what we got was so much better in every conceivable way. And when it was first revealed that No Way Home was going into the multiverse, I was a little, I don't want to say worried, almost disappointed, because I really wanted that identity crisis story, maybe Craven the Hunter hunting him down like we all theorized, Matt Murdock trying to clear his name legally while Spider-Man is still out fighting crime because he feels the need to, the obligation. And while what we got is so far from that, I, I really think it's perfect.
And when I when I talk about how that could be the original plan for Spider-Man 3, it a lot of people say, well, how would he eventually clear his name? And I think the perfect way to do it, end of Spider-Man 3, he goes to Doctor Strange, and then Spider-Man 4 would have been multiverse No Way Home, basically. But anyway, besides the point, I, <laughs> I expect a lot of rambling here, all right? I, I think I've rambled for most of this. <laughs> but the first, I want to say 30, 40 minutes of No Way Home are, are basically that identity crisis story. We see Peter Parker struggling. We see Matt Murdock in the briefest cameo ever, but one of the best. I, I love that. We get him so briefly because it just gives us the perfect introduction to Daredevil. It makes the Marvel Universe feel that much more connected when characters we know just pop in for a second and then pop out. Kind of like Rhodey in the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We see him for a second. He never suits up. He never really does anything like superhero. We just see Rhodey interacting with these characters. And because of that, the MCU feels that much more uh, connected. So I really love that about Matt Murdock. And of course, it happened the day after we saw Wilson Fisk's return. So, I mean, it's, it's too perfect. But then we see Ned, MJ, Peter all struggling at school. Uh, everyone's harassing Peter. The news is there. He can't go anywhere without the cops following him. Even later on at the bridge, he's got a ton of news vans surrounding him. But that, that's skipping ahead a bit. We see the, uh, I just, I love it so much because it, he doesn't change anything because of him. He, his first thought is Ned, MJ, Ant-Man happy. And that is just such a Peter Parker move. Uh, his life is by far the most affected, of course, but he knows what he did. He just doesn't want everyone he knows to get roped in with him. So when he goes to Doctor Strange, it's not, it's not out of a selfishness to get, let the world forget who he is. It's out of the need to to protect his friends and family and i think that is just a really pure spider-man motive now from the moment that peter goes to dr strange the movie just gets this insane pacing and i mean that in the best way possible the movie from that point on is probably about another hour hour and a half hour 45 but from that point on it just feels like 30 minutes just whiz right by because the pacing is just that great and so fast-paced, but also really well done. We see him go get Electra. We see him go get Sandman. Um, eventually, he meets up with Green Goblin. We see, of course, Doc Ock on the iconic bridge fight. Yeah, I'm saying iconic to a movie that came out three days ago. I stand by that. <laughs> and it just works. It's just, it's like... These three little stories rolled into one movie, and somehow it works. We start off with the identity crisis, we get a little bit of that, then we get a little bit of this this mysterious goose chase, like, like an episode of Scooby-Doo, as Doctor Strange would have probably said. We see that happen, and then of course we get the multiverse, the real multiverse stuff, uh, the big fight, the, oh, you know what, we're getting, we're talking about it, one of, one of the most beautiful, best scenes in the mcu is the entire apartment scene you know it's it's tense from the beginning because it's five of the greatest villains that we have all seen on screen before they don't need a big introduction we've all seen them we saw them when we were kids we saw them throughout our for me throughout our entire lives i'm 20 years old first spider-man movie came out when i was like one maybe <laughs> and i saw it for the first time when i was like four or five so literally these characters that we've seen throughout our entire lives for me at least and we don't need a nice slow introduction. We Peter Peter has this innate goodness, of course, because that's who Spider-Man is. 
and he knows that he he has to protect their lives he just has to for aunt may but also for himself so he does and he brings these villains into this apartment and we're all on the edge of our seats because we know something's going to go wrong how could it not these are some of the most dangerous people in the multiverse all just hanging out at happy hogan's apartment so when when he saves that side note about doc ock by the way i for a second i did think that he killed him and the villains were about to go ape shit and i was gonna go ape shit too but because <laughs> we didn't really see him in trailers after the apartment scene or after the bridge scene so i was a little worried there but obviously obviously they didn't do that that would have been something else man so we know what's about to happen peter doesn't know and aunt may of course doesn't know so when that spider sense starts tingling and we see we see peter walking over to the window the, the camera zooms out and we see all five of the villains surround him as aunt may is on the stairs it is just so tense it everyone is on the edge of their seat and then all of a sudden the heartbeat starts you hear peter's heartbeat get more and more intense he closes his eyes boom shoots a web we don't know who it goes to for a second but then we see green goblin completely webbed and it's no longer norman osborne the goblin that we saw 20 years ago on screen is now back and i would say better than ever from that point on where he says norman's on sabbatical honey from that point on everything is different everything changes all the villains dip and then we see we see goblin versus spider-man for the first time in 20 years on on in live action and it is the most brutal fight ever i mean they are smashing each other through walls they are going through floor ceilings just beating the shit out of each other and when it looks like peter might finally have an upper hand he wails on goblin and all he does back is smile and laugh and at that moment the audience and peter realize jesus christ uh this is ugly this is about to get worse every and throughout this whole fight there's quick cuts to aunt may and she's clearly trying to get out of there she by the way why would she go to the elevator at first i mean come on come on may what are we thinking here you're gonna go to the elevator you you know one of the guys like controls electricity you know one is uh literally sand like if they wanted to they could get in an elevator whatever i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into that i i did warn you guys that i would ramble just for the record i did warn you that i would ramble <laughs> but anyway may finally looks like she's about to get out of this this awful apartment building as it's crumbling and then peter and goblin go through the ceiling and peter is just destroyed as he says later he has broken ribs he's destroyed goblin holds him up by the head and we see peter just brutally battered more than we've ever seen before and he's begging may to run he's begging her but obviously may can't do that she's she's aunt fucking may she's not gonna leave peter when it looks like he's about to die and peter knows what's about to happen we know what's about to happen and goblin calls in that glider and in one second may is on the may is on the ground and we think we all think she's a goner but they they play with us they play with our emotions and we realize that she's not okay she says she's okay but she's like instinctively hiding the scar as not to frighten peter and that death scene is just absolutely tragic oh my god one of the most brilliantly acted scenes by tom holland uh in any of his movies i've seen a lot of tom holland movies 
uh, Cherry, Devil All the Time, every Spider-Man movie, obviously, that one with Daisy Ridley, that wasn't very good, and this, this moment is just pure brilliance from Tom Holland, I don't know what else to call it, it really is amazing, and, oh, he's just filled with this rage, and then, okay, okay, I know I'm kind of just summarizing the movie here before I get into the big points, but the scene that comes after that with Peter looking at, at the screen with JJJ is just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I, I don't know what else to say. I honestly was like taken aback when I first saw it because I was like, oh my God, this scene is just something else. This is a whole different breed of scene for the MCU. It's tr It was truly stunning. It, it's it's gorgeous and then what comes after that scene is one of the best scenes in the mcu with the introduction of andrew garfield and toby Maguire. now now look look i would have been i'm the first to tell you that they're in the movie i i've said it for about a year before no way home came out and i i never doubted it for a second but i never could have predicted my emotions when i saw andrew come out of that portal it it was truly something else. I I I was just overwhelmed. Oh my god, I cried. I cried like a baby the second he popped out. I just love the moment where you can kind of see his eyes and everyone in the theater gasped. Everyone. It's just such a great experience. And then Toby Maguire comes through that portal and he's in instantly so Toby. Just this Zen older brother mentor type, and that's something I really loved is the relationship between the three Spider-Men. It, it just feels like they're brothers. Now, a little, little sidetrack here. Again, I warned you. I, I warned you there'd be a lot of rambling. Uh, <laughs> in this movie, the three Peters are presented as brothers, and I think that's a relationship that obviously makes the most sense. Now, in Loki, we learn about variants, and Loki and Sylvie end up in kind of a relationship thing. And I... I know a lot of people disliked it. I never really thought much of it until this movie. And I was like, it'd be really weird if Toby and Andrew just like started making out right now. It'd be really weird. I mean, it just, they're the same person. And that's exactly what it is with Loki and Sylvie. And I, I think it's just because we know Toby and Andrew's characters so well and we, they're, absolutely the same person where sylvie's a new character we don't exactly know her past um she's a different gender so for a lot of people i'm sure that makes it uh easier to believe but i i mean i i think andrew garfield's peter's by so i mean wait okay we're, i'm rambling i'm rambling for real <laughs> but yeah i just thought after seeing these three interact it kind of makes me think about loki and sylvie's relationship a little differently but anyway, every single moment after Andrew Garfield walks through that portal is just, I was teary-eyed. I don't know how else to explain it. Seeing the three Spider-Men on screen together, it was just really something else. I mean, that lab, it, there's no action, nothing going on. They're all just hanging out in this lab, talking, being Peter Parker, using their brain, which is arguably one of Peter's strongest powers, and... What they're doing is they're curing all of these villains. One line in particular that I really liked was Toby saying that he's been thinking about a possible cure for Norman for a long time. And I just, I think we really, in that one line, we see that Toby almost regrets, I mean, obviously he regrets letting the glider go through 
Norman Osborn, but it's it's plagued him for 20 years now. He's he's thought about it. He's he's constantly thought about how that could have gone differently, and now he gets his chance to redeem himself ultimately. And of course, Andrew also gets a chance to redeem himself. Uh, you know what? Let's jump to that. My favorite moment in the MCU. My absolute favorite moment in the entire MCU. When Andrew Garfield saves MJ. Now, I'm, I'm getting teary-eyed right now. Uh, just just thinking about it. It is just, we theorized it um, for a while, of course. I had a video I posted on TikTok back in June of what if Andrew somehow saved MJ and got his redemption. And it happened, and I just lost it, man. It, it's such a such an emotional scene. Not only because you're instantly happy. It just makes you so excited. Andrew's finally got this redemption. He's he's going to be able to live with himself, maybe. But then you see his face. And yeah, he saved MJ, and he's so proud of himself for that. And of course, he's happy that he, he stopped Tom Holland's Spider-Man from going down this the same path he did. The same vengeful, regretful, depressed Peter that Andrew now is. But in that moment, you also see that he it's it doesn't change anything for him. He's still he's still the same Peter Parker that lost Gwen. And he's looking at MJ and you just know in his head he's he's thinking about Gwen and he just gets that sad look on his face that I haven't been able to get out of my head for the last uh what how, how long has it been for the last week? It's just it's tr- oh, it's haunting that 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 cry cuz you it doesn't change anything for him. We're all cheering, we're all happy. But he still lost Gwen. It it doesn't. He's going home alone to his universe. It doesn't change anything for him. Now it's still my favorite scene, and it's. Don't get me wrong. I don't want. I don't want to sound like it's not one of the best moments in the history of movies because it is. It fully is. As a kid who was haunted by Gwen's death, it it's um it's incredible. But I just like looking at it from that perspective through Andrew's Peter's eyes, because when we see it, it's it's so cathartic but for him it's just equally depressing one thing i love about that scene while we're talking about it he doesn't think about it he doesn't think about it for a second he he sees tom get pushed by that glider and he's off he says no but he's already swinging down and he doesn't web her he's learned his lesson the whole scene is so so quick but it's just so incredibly perfect so perfect i don't know what else i don't even know what else to say about it it's just truly perfect. Now, let's let's get into a little... Let's not summarize the movie anymore. Let's get into the, the nitty-gritty stuff. Uh, the whole Statue of Liberty fight is just incredible. I mean, okay, I know I said we're not going to summarize. We're still kind of going in timeline order here, but don't worry about it. The, the final battle between Tom and Goblin. Tom is out for blood. He is absolutely out for blood, and he is terrifying. He is terrifying. And Goblin is pushing him. He's he's practically begging him to kill him. Do it. Do it. Be be strong, finally. Let there be a Spider-Man that's strong. And it's still not enough. It Toby steps in there and truly redeems himself for letting Norman die in a in a in a scene that is strikingly similar to Harry going in front of the glider. Speaking of okay, speaking of a little diversion. As we all know, Toby gets stabbed, but he doesn't die. I really do think 
that that is strictly because the hype. I think the original script of the movie, I know they filmed a million different endings. I think the original script of the movie probably had that stab be fatal and a more emotional scene. Because it just kind of feels weird. I think it was going to be like this really emotional send-off, but then somewhere along the way, the leaks started happening, and it was clear that everyone was freaking out about Toby and Andrew. Like, just truly, the hype was at an all-time high. And I think I think Sony saw that, and they were like, look, we can't kill him off. Even if he doesn't want to return, even if Toby never returns, we need to leave that possibility there. You know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have to sip, I have to take a sip of water because I've been talking. And I don't know how to pause this thing yet. So I'm just going to be literally rambling for this entire episode because I don't know how to pause. But um, yeah, I'm, one sec. Okay, anyway. It's, it's truly beautiful seeing Toby get in front of that glider. And the theater gasped when he got stabbed. Oh my God. Someone behind me was traumatized, like straight up screamed. And I really can't say I blame him. Now, the end of the movie, obviously, we see Tom in a, the most classic Spider-Man suit we've seen him in swing out of his window and just into the city. And it's it's actually feels like comic book Spider-Man. And I, I don't say that as one of those people that called Tom Iron Boy Jr., Iron Man Jr. or anything. I think that's the dumbest thing in the world. But he, he gets in that apartment. He's broke. He has no one. He doesn't have any technology. It's just him and his wits, and he gets that red and blue suit on, which I like to believe is inspired by Toby and Andrew. And he goes to fight crime, even when he's got absolutely nothing. He doesn't have friends. He doesn't have family. He has nothing. And he's he's still going out there. That's Spider-Man. And it's beautiful. And, okay, I'm going to use that to briefly transition to Hawkeye. I want to talk about the Hawkeye finale for a second because it actually kind of ties in to spider-man no way home which is a little weird so in the last scene of no way home of course we see peter go right over rockefeller oh my god i live in new jersey how am i forgetting this rockefeller square yeah the ice rink the ice rink the ice rink in new york city i'm pretty sure i got it right i'm i've been i go to new york okay whatever <laughs> and that is where we know the finale of hawkeye takes place now do i think tom holland is going to be in the finale of hawkeye in a big role no not at all i don't think so do i think we could see a spider-man cameo yes i do i really do do i think it's likely not at all i i think there is a chance and i think it'd be really cool but i don't think it's likely at all and the reason i do think there's a chance is because like we we're just talking about the the connectivity of the marvel universe has grown a lot through the shows uh through the movies just through everything recently matt murdoch in Spider-Man and Rhodey and Falcon and the Winter Soldier as prime examples. So, No Way Home set around the exact same time as Hawkeye. Hawkeye introduces Fisk. No Way Home introduces Daredevil. It does seem perfect. It really does. And then Spider-Man swinging right over the finale of Hawkeye. It's too perfect. But here's here's this is what I think the extent of the role is going to be. We see Spider-Man, like, swinging, right? And then Kate says, Oh my god, it's Spider-Man. Can he help? Spider-Man, help, 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 help us beat this guy, and then he swings away, that's literally it, now the other thing I do think, in the trailer we see Clint falling, and I think it'd be really cool if Spidey just swung on by, and grabbed him and placed him on the ground, it was like, here you go Hawkeye, said a funny little quip that I'm not creative enough to think of right now, 
and then boom, he's gone. Another something I think could be really cool with either of those scenes is a is a dialogue between Kate and Clint, where Kate's like, "Oh, you've you've worked with him in the past, right? He was at that airport battle, and he helped you beat Thanos." And Clint's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, I've worked with him a number of times. He's he's a good a good guy, whatever." And then Kate's like, "Do you know who he is under the mask? Do you do you know what his name is?" And Clint's like, "Yeah, of course I do. It's a uh, uh um." And he doesn't remember, obviously, because of Stranger's spell. I think that would be cool. Uh, great connectivity between the shows. Show that they're set around the same time. Show the effects of No Way Home on a smaller scale, on a personal scale. I think I think it would be really cool. Because uh, they don't forget Spider-Man. They specifically forget Peter Parker. And I think in the future when Ned and MJ inevitably find out, not for a while, not for a long time, I hope it's kind of like the comics where he tells them and their memory is just instantly jogged. And they remember everything instantly once he says, I'm Peter Parker, I'm Spider-Man. And I I do think that's what it will inevitably be like. I'm just going to let myself ramble for the rest of this. Uh, this, is, this is a trial run, people. I just want to try this out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, No Way Home is truly my favorite movie of all time. I just, I really love it. I, I absolutely love it. I should have come more prepared with stuff. Like I said, trial run. I think Willem Dafoe genuinely deserves an Oscar for best performance. I know that's, I know Marvel movies aren't really Oscar uh, contenders, but Willem Dafoe was so damn good in this movie, and you could tell he was having so much fun. The man is 66 years old, and he did every stunt himself. You, he just loves it. He really does, and... I have so much respect for him. I have the utmost respect for Willem Dafoe. Now, I briefly want to talk about uh, the Hawkeye finale just because I think I'm going to wrap this up around the 30-minute mark, and it's been 26 minutes. And in the future, if if this podcast thing does continue, they're going to be much longer than this. I uh, I just wanted to kind of ramble for a bit and give give some thoughts on, on some things. <laughs> uh, now, for the Hawkeye finale, I, I said I think Spider-Man could have a cameo. I think Fisk is going to be an absolute menace, and I tweeted this earlier, but could you guys imagine, just imagine for a second, if this killed Clint Barton? I don't think he's going to, and I don't want him to at all. This show has given me a newfound appreciation for Clint. But just imagine that. What better way to introduce just introduce this absolute menace of a man that Wilson Fisk is than to have him kill an original Avenger in that Avenger series? I mean, I don't think... Th- I don't think the MCU is going to do it, especially on an upbeat Christmas show, and I don't want them to again. I can't I can't say that enough. But just imagine what that would do to, to the fandom, to the MCU. I actually said that to my girlfriend earlier. She had a really good point that Thor would just come back and absolutely fucking obliterate Wilson Fisk. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that's realistically what would happen, so that's another reason they wouldn't do it. Wilson Fisk is a street-level hero without a doubt, and he he should be so to have him do something as bold as that i think would get put him too much in the public eye where where th- someone like thor could just walk right in and completely get their revenge or someone who's the strongest avenger that has the strongest connection to hawkeye yeah uh fucking wanda maximoff i don't think fisk wants to mess with wanda maximoff the scarlet witch my god 
that is terrifying. But just to sum this up, I apologize that this episode is like this. I I just want to test it out, test the waters, and go from here. I I think it's fun to just kind of talk for a bit. I'm not prepared for stuff at all. Uh, I will be in the future, though. I can promise you that much. (laughs) And uh, thank you. If you've gotten this far, really, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Please feel free to give me any feedback. Um, my my emails isuperebabusiness at gmail.com. Probably going to change it to isuperebba at gmail.com because I don't know why I put the business on it eight months ago when I had like four followers. Uh, but feel free to DM me on TikTok, comment on a TikTok. Just let me know what you think of this because I really do want to make this a thing. Uh, thank you. Really, genuinely, thank you so much if you've made it this far. I, 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 I don't really know what else to say. I really appreciate that. Uh, to sum it up, No Way Home, 11 out of 10 movie, best movie ever made. I am not even being a little bit sarcastic when I say that. And I'm really looking forward to the Hawkeye finale. I really can't wait. I think there is actually a chance that Spider-Man cameos. Again, not trying to get anyone's hopes up. But yeah, seriously, thank you so much if you've gotten this far. I, uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing more of these week to week and, uh, talk about literally everything possible so sincerely from the bottom of my heart thank you please give me your feedback i hope you have a great day if you're driving somewhere right now get there very safe all right get there get there safe very safe promise promise right now and then i'll end it now i'm like dora i'm gonna i'm gonna assume you said promise all right thank you so much have a great day i appreciate you and hopefully i'll see you for the official episode one